Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Above the Bar podcast, where each week we belly up to the bar with a new guest, find out what they do, who they are, and what makes them great. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Above the Bar podcast. It's your host, Sean. It's Saturday. I know you're thinking to yourself, why, oh, why would I be seeing his smiling face on a Saturday? It's not Wednesday. Well, look, when you have an opportunity like I had today to speak to somebody that talks about something that I love, that's something I believe very heartily in, even if you never do this job a day in your life, but you learn this skill, that skill of communicating with other human beings and not talking at them, but having a conversation with them. I figure, well, if you have an opportunity, why not have somebody that's considered as a subject matter expert with the largest system or the most comprehensive? I don't know what we'll figure out. We'll we'll find it out together because I don't know if you would consider it the largest, the most comprehensive either way. But joining us all the way from the left coast, it's Mr. Scott Bailey. The left coast is right. Thank you, Sean Murphy, for having me. I'm looking forward to this. Absolutely, brother. Well, we appreciate having you. And, you know, Kristen, if you're out there watching right now, we appreciate you setting this up. But let's go ahead and run through some house cleaning real quick. As always, folks, over my right shoulder is the big board for sticker and a cause. Maybe you got something you're supporting, something you believe in. Whatever it happens to be, make sure you reach out to me on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok. Instagram, Facebook, I don't care what it is. Reach out. Let me know what you got. I'll tell you where to send the sticker to. Once I get that, I will read it live here on the air for everyone to hear about. It's free advertising for you, and it's sticker and a cause. Now, Scott, I'm looking at your windows behind you, and I see that you have, looks like, vinyl um, vinyl shades mm-hmm. closed right now. Is that Am I pretty close? You got some yep. vinyls right there? Mm-hmm. And they look, they might be cordless, but I'm saying they're corded shades, aren't they? They're, they're corded, corded shades. So, Scott, it's time to update those. And you contact our, our sponsors, the Above the Bar, for the Above the Bar podcast. That's Budget Blinds of East Greenbush and Budget Blinds of Hudson and Cooksaki, New York. You got your own Budget Blinds out there in California. They are the largest window treatment company in North America. They carry everything under the sun you can imagine. Shutters, blinds, drapes, roller shades, uh, sheer shades. If you, you got to look at Scott, you got to go look into a sheer shade. Do you know what a sheer shade is? I'm not sure. It's, it's the coolest thing. It looks like two shades and they're like walking when they pull them down. It's an amazing products they have. And for the month of September, they are doing 25% off your entire order for the whole month. You let them know at Budget Blinds of East Greenbush or Budget Blinds of Hudson and Cooksaki, New York. You let them know you're there to belly up to the bar. They're going to give you 25% off your entire order. That's budget blinds of Hudson and Cooksaki, New York, and budget blinds of East Greenbush. All right, Scott, all the house cleaning's done. Cool. So, yeah, how was my pitch? How was my pitch? Real good. Was Real it all good. right? I mean, good. Yeah, you, they look for opportunities. That's what good salespeople do. They look for was opportunities. Was it a whiff? Did I have a good whiff? I'm not so sure about the whiff and what's in it for me kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, what's in it for me to have the blinds? Yeah. I mean, how did I do? 
I'm going to rate it maybe a seven on a scale. I'm, I'm going to agree with you because I'm thinking back over myself and I really didn't give you a good one. I didn't give you, you know, I didn't tell you how it was going to benefit you to, you know, to have updated cordless shades that are safety rated and, you know, more of a modern look. See, I failed. I, and this is, and this is why people should be reaching out to you, Scott, because you're, we're here to talk about what you got going with the Sandler system and training. And look, folks, I promise you, and, and I believe in this. Um, and if you've ever read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, Kiyosaki talks about this. Even if you never sell a day in your life, go take a class on sales training. You'll learn how to talk to other humans. And, so, and that's what yeah. it is. It, it's funny because people say I'm not a salesperson. I said, well, you've never been on a date or a job interview. That's a selling situation. Seriously. We, we all do it. And, and you can all, and the easiest thing to sell is stuff you believe in. When you're on a date, you're, you're, you're talking about yourself. I believe in me. Not. Yeah, you're trying to scale. I'm selling me all day, night, all day and night. (laughs) You know what profession makes the best salespeople, in my view? Um, Training in blank industry, what would make really good um, salespersons? My personal experience has always been um, people in the service industries, like waiters and waitresses and bartenders. They're good at building rapport. They're really good. That they have great people skills, but that's not enough. Okay. Which think is it? About, think about a detective. A detective having to show up at a crime scene. And the whole thing is about getting to the truth. So selling is about getting to the truth because buyers don't always tell salespeople the truth. And our system allows us to see through that and find the prospect's pain or truth. I call it the same thing. And, and a detective can do that without an emotional involvement. Most salespeople lose it when they become emotionally involved. And one of my mm. favorite sayings is the first person who becomes emotional on a sales call leaves with the product. Most of the time it's a salesperson. I would agree with that. Well, I want to roll you back a little bit now. Now, Scott, how long have you been personally involved in not even the Sandler stuff, like just sales in general? I was not cut out to be a salesperson. I wanted to be a fighter pilot because my dad was a World War II fighter pilot. He flew the mighty P-47. And that's what I wanted to do until I was about 13. We're on a family trip and we discovered I needed glasses. So my dad had to sit me down, break my heart. Say, son, you're not, you're not going to be flying jets or anything in the air force. If your vision's not perfect. So plan B was, I was good at math and science. So I went on to major in biology and what that led me to, I was going to go be an eye doctor. I was going to go to professional school, but my parents said, we're only paying for one college degree. You're on your own. So I thought I'd try sale, try sales to make some money out because I heard you could make a lot of money at it. And as a biology major, uh, pharmaceutical and healthcare companies were hiring us right out of college because we could talk to doctors. We knew the medical lingo, we knew the lingo, the lexicon, if you will, of science. So I I took a career path selling to hospitals. And I spent my last 12 years, believe it or not, selling artificial, artificial kidneys. I was in the dialysis business. And I was at the top of my game, number one salesperson in my 11th year, and I'd hit the wall. I'd hit the wall in my early 40s. I couldn't work any harder than I was working. We all know how to work hard. And my peers would come up to me and say, Scott, how'd you do it? How'd you get to be number one? And all I could say is I worked harder than you. That's but secret, secretly, I had to make a change. And I go up to my hotel room that night with my award, and I, I had brought with me a magazine that 
that was a selling power magazine. And the publisher had done an article on a man named David Sandler. And the title was The Best Kept Secret in Sales Training. And I said, maybe I should look into that. So the following week, I met with a Sandler trainer. Before I knew it, I jumped in his program. I asked him a lot of questions, and he Sandlered me. And I joined <laughs> what was called his President's Club, which is an ongoing reinforcement training program. Sandler's the only, only selling system that's based upon reinforcement. And it's not a one and done. It's not an overnight kind of thing. Follow-up so training. After, yeah. I mean, if you work out, you don't just go for one day or two days. It's a continuous thing. It's like you have to practice this stuff. Most salespeople are practicing in front of their customers. It's crazy. So take an hour to two hours a week with a coach in a classroom setting and learn some new techniques. And that's what I did. And even though I was number one in sales, I saw a 30% leap in my production. But the secret was I was working half as hard now. I wasn't working hard anymore. I was working, I was working smart. So that's what a system will do for you. It teaches it, it can get you to work smart, not hard. Most salespeople sell by winging it, their seat of the pants in it all the time. They don't have a they don't have a playbook. What well, Sandler you, does give us a playbook to follow. Well, you 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 initially when we were talking before the show, you mentioned that you you went through and, and you did the Xerox training. And that was for, pro for, provided by my company. Yeah. And, and right. folks, if you don't know in, in sales. I, I look at this is probably for a lot of people. If you are not an entrepreneur, you are not in the world of business. You are going to listen to this and be like, this, this is one of the only times you will hear me not just be above the bar. We're going to get a little into the weeds because I like the weeds of sales. I do. It's, <laughs> it's my own private addiction, but you know, you had that, you had that Xerox training. And for folks that don't know it, that for the longest time, was the, the standard, sales yeah. that that was this is where you you learn sales this is what everyone did it's no like today where people talk about six sigma well that was motorola motorola created that it was motorola's deal and they went out and, and sold it to the world and and sales training modern day sales training was xerox and it was this is our process this is how we go through it i mean I, we, I'm already mentioned uh, rich dad, poor dad, but that's another thing he talks about is, yeah, I went and, you know, got a job with Xerox because I wanted to learn how to sell. And I knew that was the best system. So going from that system, was that the first system you learned? Because I think systems is a, is a big part of it. The systems that I used before that were basically provided by my employer. And it was all about product knowledge, features and benefits. Here's how to sell our stuff. I'd sell them through a catalog. Didn't matter what it was. My first job uh, out of college was selling for a medical distributor called on hospitals, and I sold textiles like patient gowns and, okay. and um, you know surgeon gowns and all the textiles that hospitals use. So we were a stocking distributor, and my boss showed me how to make a presentation and ask for the business. It'd always be closing. Always be closing. That was ABC. A rule. ABC. ABC rule. Yeah. Always be closing. So. You get in front of somebody, you dazzle them with your brilliance, show them how great you are and your products are, and you say, "Would you? how many would you like to take home today? Or whatever it is. There's a million closes. Now, here's Start the, the conversation when you walk in and you shake their right. hand. So, hey, so you ready to go ahead and get you some of these gowns and go right for the hard clothes right away? Oh, God, I remember those. Here's the problem, Sean. Prospects know you're going to try to close them. 
And they've oh, already man. decided in their head what they're going to say to you, some version of, you know, I need to think this over for a little bit. We need to circle back in three months. That's where we come up with the excuse because the prospects are onto us. The, the prospects know the ABC rule too. That's why that shit doesn't they've work. They've seen the movie. They've, yeah. they've seen the movie. Now, so, this, so that's what you're talking about, though, is dealing with indifference. You know, an indifferent customer who said, uh, well, we can come back to this later. I'm not ready right now. I'm just looking. So well, but they I'm know, curious, they know no, salespeople ahead, are good at running their mouths and they have a lot of information and prospects know that. And they take that information and they shop us. So prospects lie to salespeople for two reasons. They tell them they're not interested when they are or they feign interest. They appear more interested than they really are because they want your information. They want your stuff. Because they want to go on the internet and compare it. And they'll that's make you favorite. feel real good. And when they say, I need to think about it, our data shows that's really a no. 93% of think it overs are no's. I think 93 might be a low number. It could be a low number because to me, as soon as I hear, well, I need to talk to my husband or my wife, or I need to, to, to look into this more. I need, I, you know what? I'll give you a call tomorrow. I just need to sleep on it. Okay. All the really? same thing. Excuse uh, factor. I, it really is. I, my favorite for that. Not look. I always love bouncing off. You're a trainer. You're a mat. Look, folks. And if you're if you're listening to this, if you're like Murph's full of shit, I don't want to listen to this. You can always reach out out to Scott. He's at scott bailey at sandler com and and ask the questions about these systems and and processes. But I'm a big fan of uh, when I go through my system. I'm curious how the Sandler system works. I know what I was taught was you always find out that their need behind the need at the beginning. Hey, you want this? What do you mean by this? What's so important about this? Why is that so important? Your what, what, why? So that when they tell you, well, I need to think about it. All right, cool. Well, let me make sure. Does this satisfy all these things? Yeah. So what is it you need to think about? Is it a well, similar process? Move, I, I'm, I'm breaking it down very Barney style, but. My move, and somebody says I need to think it over. Which, if they if you use the system properly, they don't say that. They'll say no instead of I need to think it over. I might say, Sean, why don't you think out loud? I'd love to listen. That's my move. You can you can borrow that. I won't charge you for that. I appreciate that. Why don't you think out loud? I'd love to listen to your thoughts. Interesting. I I now, what's your normal feedback from that one? Well, you have to be very nurturing. We have a rule at Sandler. The three most important words are nurture, nurture, nurture. We, our system is based upon transactional analysis, which we don't have to get into, but say a body of knowledge discovered in the 1950s by psychiatrists based upon ego states. And we always want to be, well, most of the time in what we call our nurturing parent ego state and our adult ego state. And you could nurture a prospect. What we want to do is find out that emotional reason. People buy emotionally. Would you agree? Right? hundred percent. So we have to be on our nurturing parent as that prospect emerges into what we call pain, which is a problem with an emotional attachment to it. That's one of the differences with Sandler. We go a lot deeper than just solving problems. We find the pain and we provide a solution for it. And it's a, it's a system that's based on psychology and it cannot like be that. taught in a short period of time. So David Sandler, when he was putting the system together, he re-engineered sales and he knows, like I mentioned, they always be closing rule. He knows that. I mean, the prospects are onto that. 
Right. So here's an ideal. So the system's based upon what we call pattern interrupt. There's a lot of pattern. Everything we teach is opposite of what everybody else does. That's why it works. Prospects are, are prospects don't expect the moves we make. Here's an example. Salespeople close for the yes after they've done a data dump, right? The pattern interrupt to that is be closed for a no at the beginning. That's a, a completely opposite way of doing it. And when we close for the no in the beginning, we take the example. Thing. Give me an example of that. Sean, I like to thank you for inviting me in today. We're going to be meeting for an hour. During our hour, we'll be asking each other some questions. I know you have some questions. I'm going to be asking you as well. But you know, at the end of our meeting today, it may well be that you and I find out we're not a fit for each other. And if we get to that place, are you comfortable telling me no? See, I take it off the table. And I may have to tell you no as well. So get the no out of the way. And what that does is clear the deck for the yeses I like that. And, and eliminates the think it overs. Make sense? A absolutely. I see. This is, I look, if you're still hanging with us, I told you we're going to geek out on sales because I love these lines. I love these conversations and, and adding them. In. And look, folks, again, this is, if you really understand this. So we used to do this. In the, I'm, I'm going I'm to put you on the spot, Scott. Hopefully, you, if you have a significant other, they're not listening. When I first learned this stuff, I used to use it for like dates and wives and girlfriends when they would get mad and they'd be like, I don't understand what's going on. Well, hold on a sec. I completely see why you're upset, but I want to understand it better. Can you tell me what's got you so upset? Well, you blah, 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 blah. All right. So what is it about this that's got you so mad? Blah, blah, blah. Why would you like me to change? Blah. Hey, I completely understand what you're saying. <laughs> I, I have, I have tons of stories of my clients who have transferred the Sandler selling system into their personal lives, betters their lives and use it with their children. They use it at work with their peers. They use it at their church. I mentioned job interviews. I mentioned uh, dating, all that stuff. There's a million opportunities because Sandler is in its heart, a communication system. If we called it the Sandler communication system, we couldn't charge any money for it, but it's the Sandler selling system. People will pay money to learn it because they can use it in selling and make money. But well, it is a Sandler true communication. Background? What was Sandler's David, background? David Sandler was a man who in his late 30s had lost his business. And they had a family-owned business. And a, um, a con man stole the business from him. And he had to start over again. And nobody wanted to hire him. So he went to work in sales. And he hated it. Sandler was a flaming introvert. And he discovered this system because he studied psychology and he got a hold of a psychologist who taught transactional analysis to other therapists and began to coach David Sandler on these techniques. By the way, a psychologist is another area that would be a really good training for sales because a psychologist has to ask a lot of questions and not be emotionally charged by them and gather information. And if you think about the analogy between the doctor and the patient, who's making the presentation? patient, right? So our system re-engineers sales. A properly executed Sandler call, the prospect makes the presentation. We close for the, you know, everything we teach is 180 degrees opposite from what everybody else teaches. And that's why it frigging works because prospects know the other moves. Right. They've and seen it. When you, when you break the pattern, it works. I, I, I used a pattern interrupt to get out of getting a 
a speeding ticket <laughs> on, on the police officer, highway patrolman, actually. I did. Now, the, the worst thing you could do when you get pulled over, and I was, I was guilty. I got a new electric car, and I was showing off to my buddy. Uh, I was doing 84 and a 40. There's an area where I live where it's safe to do that. But the police officer was coming the other way, and I, I got caught on radar. He pulled me right over, and he came to the passenger side. I rolled the window down. My buddy said something to them. I was showing off for him. I handed him my driver's license and registration. I said, officer, give me two tickets. That was the pattern interrupt. He says, two tickets. I've never heard that line before, Mr. Bailey. Why two tickets? I said, one for being a knucklehead and one for speeding. And he just starts laughing, laughing because I broke the pattern. The I one like way it. for sure to get a ticket is to argue with the cop. I wasn't speeding. Oh, you know, I didn't. Yeah, you lose that battle. Every and then time. he starts to ask me about the car. This is the first one of these I pulled over. And I said, really? I said, would you like to go for a ride? He said, I can't. I'm working. He <laughs> hands me my license back. But I use Sandler on this Harvey Patrolman to get out of it. Now, I'm not guaranteeing that always going right. to work. But after being in the system for nearly 30 years, that's as long as I've been doing this, it's just who I am now. I well, own it's, it. it's become your person. Yeah, it's it's become who you are as as a person. Now you've mentioned a couple of, of fields that are are great for for this. What are you, you know? I know of Marines, and, and I always use that as the example. And even when I was running a, I I used to uh, be the business development director for a staffing firm, so I used a lot of this stuff. Um, I could tell you who was I loved to work with. And who I hated to work with. I loved anyone who had never once sold a day in their life. I, I loved them. They were best to They're work more with. trainable. They're more trainable. They were very trainable. Right. And I loved right. the guy who, you know, and I guess I, I use myself as an example. I love to learn. Like uh, I read Pitch Anything. I don't know if you've read that or not. Um, Pitch Anything is a great book. It's a sales book where he talks a lot about framing conversations and your frame and somebody else's frame it's it, it's a process i recommend it but then there's those of us who learn sales my dad was that guy my dad was the greatest salesman I ever knew he learned it but i know for me the most challenging to me were always guys who knew sales do you know what i mean that person that goes i know how to sell i'll sell popsicle catch up popsicles to a woman in white gloves what do you need? So well, my unscientific proof of that after having trained thousands of people is about 28% of people are not trainable because of just what you're saying. They have a chip on their shoulder. They are know-it-all and they often are veteran salespeople who had their training 25 years ago. I have 25 years of training. No, you have one year of training 25 times over. That's all it is. I mean, training is, I also liken Sandler to a foreign language. And I say, what do you mean? Would you like, well, do you have a, do you know a second language? I don't. Just, I speak Marine okay. and Baltimore. God. <laughs> if you were to learn another language, which one would you pick? Just we'll work this out. Italian. Excellent. My, one of my favorite countries. So to learn Italian, you're going to go through steps. You're going to take a class in elementary of Italian. You're going to learn about 300 to 500 words and you'd be able to maybe order a meal, say please and thank you, but that's about it. The next level of learning is conversational Italian, okay? 
That's where you actually go to Italy maybe and, and walk around and talk to people. And then the third and final level is fluency. Sandler works just like that. I onboard my clients in a two-day boot camp. We do, we do those every month, two days. And it's elementary Sandler where they get it and they immediately fall into conversational Sandler, which, which we call sales mastery. And the average client will begin to see the light of day in about four to six months. That's just the absolute transparency of this thing. You do not learn Sandler or anything in two days. And that's the beauty of this thing. And once you jump into the reinforcement training and you stick it out for six months, you might want to stay around for another year to, to stay sharp on it because techniques, the techniques we teach as all techniques are perishable. You have to practice them. If you, if you stop speaking Italian, you'd forget the whole thing. Right. That's so that's the difference. Sandler is a language and it's a now, language of sales. Now you, you're, make sure I understood it right, Scott, and you can correct me. Now, your Sandler system that you you operate, you own that one. You're, that's your franchise, right? We're franchise. We're about three hundred right. strong. Yeah, I love franchises. I I, I believe in franchises because I don't want to reinvent the wheel. Let somebody else invent it, and I'll just drive the car. I'm well, you know about. they're headquartered uh, near you, right? You knew that, right? No, Sandler's. where? Uh, no, Owens where? Mills. Owens Mills in Maryland. Yeah, yeah. I I grew up in Baltimore. I'm in Albany, New York, right now. Uh, yeah. But I grew up in Baltimore. They were originally in Stevenson, Maryland, and then they moved to Owens Mills about 10 years ago. We just called Stevenson. Yeah, I don't know Stevenson. Oh, and, see, and what's funny, that's like anything else. Like Owens Mills is Owens Mills. It's not Baltimore. It's Owens Mills. It's like, <laughs> it's that's over there. It's way on the other side of, of town. That's not even, but that's funny. No, I never knew that. So now what are some of the things that for you, like I, I, you heard me say it. My dad is what's up, Nate? Uh, my dad is the best salesman I've ever known, bar none. I, I mean, God, I went through so much training. I've done tons of training. And the old man, and maybe this works for you, maybe it doesn't. The old man, and you've said a few things, taught me the greatest lesson ever. You can sell anything to anyone as long as they think they're getting a deal. The old man taught me that. And my dad was, again, number one in sales for Sears back when you could retire from Sears. The old man retired from Sears, sold sold appliances and stuff like that. But that was his thing was he was very conversational, very personable guy, did insurance sales, went through a lot of these. I have no idea whose systems he ever worked or if he ever learned any. But the dad, my dad used to always say, look, son, you can sell anything to anyone as long as you they think they're getting a deal. And I, I've used that my whole life, you know, taking, well, they have to want the product. That's it. it. Yeah. And it really makes sense with the Sandler system. And I'm not trying to, for you to give away the secret sauce right now. If you want to, you can, but it, in that, in the secret sauce of that system, is there a thing? Like I told you before, I, I learned achieve global and that was the system I learned and it was called need satisfaction selling finding out what the customers need and how you can satisfy that need, need satisfaction. What is it within what you're learning that makes it, I know you talk a lot about psychological stuff, but is there like, Hey, this is our hook. This is our tagline. This is our, does that make sense? Yeah. We use a seven step system and, and it starts with building rapport. And there's lots of things you can learn about building rapport 
Uh, we're very big on assessments, like you may be familiar with the DISC assessment, D-I-S-C. Yes. Dominant, you know, all those sort of things and, and techniques that we help bring to the forefront to help people build rapport because it starts with that. If you don't trust a salesperson, you can't buy from them. It's impossible. 100%. If, you, if our listeners are thinking about somebody they don't trust, if just picture that person for a minute. Now imagine yourself buying from them. You can't. Ha there has to be trust. That has to get established. Some and this is why referrals are so important to the sales process. You have an 80% closure rate. That's on average of closing somebody who's referred you by somebody who's happy with you. So we're very big on teaching referral tactics and techniques. And then we establish something called an upfront contract. That's step two. That's where we close upfront. So most salespeople, it's, it's qualify, present, close. Sandler is close, qualify, present. We close upfront, but we close for a no. You have to get your oh, mind okay. on that. It's a pattern interrupt. And that sets the stage for the rest of the system. And in that upfront contract, it's called, it's an agreement. It's just an agreement between you and me as to what's supposed to happen with a clear outcome that you and I have agreed to. And no is always okay. No is always okay. And, I, li and I, I like that. that. It really softens the uh, conversation. And that also is an, a, a rapport enhancement tool. When you tell the buyer that you can tell them no, he can tell he or she can tell you no. My God, I mean, it's like oh, that's so refreshing. The buyer always had the ability to tell us no. We just never gave him permission to do it. So they spun it into a think it over, and and I they like sometimes might want to keep a salesperson around because they know how to turn us into what we call unpaid consultants. I work with a lot of professional service providers, financial planners, even lawyers, CPAs, consultants of every imaginable thing. And they're really good at what they sell or what they can do, but they're really afraid to sell. And they've really embraced the Sandler selling system because it, it never makes you sound or look like a salesperson. And if you, if you do, you're not using the system properly. And if you're feeling pressure, you're not using the system properly. The upfront I, I contract. Love it. I love what you're saying. The upfront contract is what it's called, has seven has elements in it, how long the meeting is going to take. We're going to go without interruptions. What do you want to get out of the meeting? What I want to get out of the meeting, our negotiated outcome, where we're taking this. And one more thing, which is magic. A lot of salespeople spend a whole lot of time dealing with stalls and objections. They actually created them. The Sandler philosophy, again, is a pattern interrupt. We don't have, we don't get paid enough to deal with stalls and objections. We basically hand them over to the buyer and say, here's some potential problems you may have in doing business with us. How are we going to get through it? So we get that out of the way in the beginning. And if it's a deal breaker, you're done. 10 minutes, I'm out, right? I don't have any money, can't make a decision, whatever it is. So we, we believe in not in hiding from objections, but running to the objection and getting it out of the way. That's another pattern interrupt. And if you do that, you diminish the importance of it <laughs> rather than having it used like a club on the salesperson. Yeah, you're too expensive. Right? And the salesman, well, what do I got to do? You know, the, right, right. I tell people my program is the most expensive program on the planet. You're gonna, it's going to cost you a lot of money, but that's not the hard part. The hard part is showing up for training because once you begin to lose, use the system, you're going to think you know it and you'll start to skip training. Oh, we talked about that. We talked about that technique last time. 
and I don't, I can skip training today. So that, that's the biggest frustration for me is getting people to come to the stuff they pay for because <laughs> they get busy. We teach them how I'm to sure. sell. Now, now sales start to go up and they don't think they need us anymore, which is the wrong time to leave. I've, I've, I've run into that myself. It's what I like about what you're saying. And from a, a, a sale, again, somebody who does this, I, I love the fact that you put those objections, those indifferences out front, you know, what, you know, what the typical ones are, Hey, you know, things we're going to run into is the cost of this, uh, maybe the time frame to get it to you and all, ultimately making sure that, that it's exactly what you want. I tell people there's three things they have to do. Number one is they have to pay for training, and it's going to be a big number. But that's not the hard part. The hard part's showing up for training. So you got to show up for training. And number three is you got to work hard because I can't afford to let you fail because you're going to blame me. You're going to go out there in the world and, and talk bad about us, which I can't let happen. I need you to bring those three things in. And if you will show up and work hard, the money's the easy part. Because you're going to get a huge return on your investment in about four to six months. It's huge. Now, Kristen just popped in our favorite. Our, you know, I like you a lot, uh, Scott, but Kristen is my favorite Californian at this point. But uh, she wants to know, do you have any workshops for uh, Sandler training coming up? We do. A, we call them boot camps. We do those every month. They, they are the last Wednesday, Thursday of every month. So it's next Wednesday and Thursday. We have the same in October. We skip it in November because of Thanksgiving. We do the first week in December because of Christmas, so the holidays. So we do 11 a year. We skip November. We do it in early December. And it's a model I've been following forever and ever. And it's the least intrusive, if you will, for, for people to, to take it and, uh, and get better. And then they immediately follow into what we call mastery, which is held so the only time somebody has to show up in my training room is for those two days. After that, the conversational Sandler is handled virtually. And we developed something, you might imagine how our business was impacted by COVID. Training right. business, we couldn't do it. We couldn't, you know, the Irvine company owns our building. They locked the training rooms down. We were allowed to go to our office to get our mail and, and such at work, but the training rooms were locked for months. So we had to get really, really good at virtual training quickly. So our network fused together. We are, they're called co-ops now. So the co-ops are held by six to eight franchisees. I'm one of them. I was one of the, I'm the alpha, alpha group. We started these. And we perfected a way of training using Zoom that is just fantastic. It's actually better than in-the-room training because you get all that bandwidth from all the Sandler trainers and our clients from all over North America. It's terrific training. I'm very proud that we've done. We we perfected it, and, and it's working really good. We have a we have a terrific Zoom master who handles all the technological part, so the trainers can just train and coach. And it's just really really cool stuff. I'm proud to be associated. And, and the way our network fused together during COVID is one. Sandler's like one big family. I'm very proud to be part of this network. Very so proud. you just a Zoom, a Zoom master is a thing now. That's a that's a it's a title you can get. Well, we call it a so producer, cool. a producer. Okay. I'm about to say, cause zoom master sounds more like some Buck Rogers shit, but I, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I get old with, with some of these things. So, all right. So, but here's, here's the thing. And I'm gonna play a little devil's advocate. Cause I got to, 
when you're we're talking about selling people on the idea of sales training like like does that make sense like we're trying you're, we're selling them on the idea i want to take a step back from that and really you know let's talk about some sales things that that you know for you that because to me sales is a drug it's a hundred percent drug can, can i challenge what you said about absolutely selling please people? well here's just the thing I don't think I can sell you on training. You're either a believer or you're not. It's that simple. People go to college or they don't. I'm I'm not going to sell you on education. You either believe in it or you don't. And that's the number one thing. Some people don't think the, the excuses companies make today, oh, we only hire trained people, or why should we train them? They're only going to leave us anyway. The excuses companies make. So I'm looking for clients who can see past all that stuff. And, and they know that training, not just sales training, but in every, people who are trained will always 100% of the time outperform untrained people. Absolutely. Case case ended. Yeah, that, Why don't people a, believe in training though? I don't know, I do, I do. Scott, I cannot, so behind the curtain, I told you, I, business development director for a staffing firm, my one of my partners there was another Marine. And we used to say, oh, I used to tell the, the kid, he was a kid. He was 29 when, when I got there. He was 32 when I, I left the company. And he was, his mommy owned the company and he he ran it. And I used to always be like, hey, we're going to do some training? No, nah, we ain't got time for that. So we got recruiters that need to learn. They've never done this work before. We're going to put some sales training. Well, we we got people to the sales training was put together. You'll love this, Scott. You, they need you. Their sales training was put together by the VP of marketing and her assistant that um, was, gosh, how old? The assistant couldn't have been older than 25, 26 years old. And she was an IT professional. Of course, that never was sold anything. Yeah. Never, never. And the VP of marketing um, was really good at like, hey, I'm going to set up a PPC for Google and stuff like that. But when you when you said to him, hey, look, um, can you pull my numbers for me? I want to look at my my data to see what my C to C ratio is. And, and they're like, well, what's what's C to C? Contact a contract. I, I want to know where I'm at. This is what I normally run, but I need to see where I'm going. Uh, we don't know how to pull that. So how are you training these folks on follow? We don't follow up. You got about a, you got your initial training and then it was, and when people failed and, and folks, the reason I'm telling this is, is not to badmouth anyone. What I'm telling you is, is if you take the time and you learn, I, I've never taken the similar system. I'm listening to what Scott's saying. And as somebody who loves to learn the sale, to sell new ways and new training and, and enjoys it, this would be something I would go and do. This would be something that I would sit down with and say, this is, I can add this to my arsenal. Look at your favorite, your the favorite handyman that you know. I promise you they have more than a screwdriver and a hammer in their toolbox. They have more. You, mentioned, you mentioned the Marines. We could pick any branch of the military. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine you signing up for Marine as a Marine <laughs> and they say, here's a gun, go kill somebody, go, go shoot. Good, good I mean, luck, Marine. You're not. If you're not fighting, you're training. That's it. Pure and simple. Either That's doing it. one or the other. 
and, and why companies is, don't prioritize training, it's it's a befuddlement for me. We well, don't have you know, time for training, right? God, it drives me nuts. You know what it, the worst part about it is, Scott, is any company that I know of that does continual regular training, and I don't mean like, all right, it's sexual harassment training time. Oh, it's IT, uh, like real job related training and they keep their people up on training and certification has yeah. better retention rates. There's true training, which is always reinforcement training. And there's check the box training. We check right. the box. We did that. We checked the box. We can hand it in. We're, we're compliant. That's not what we do at all. No. Do you see a lot of people coming to you that are like, Hey, look, I, my company, you know, taught, you know, I'm selling furniture you know, for some, something arbitrary, because that's uh, good money in, in furniture sales. Hey, I'm selling furniture. They gave me two days worth of training. And, and I've been at this for three months. And I like what I'm doing, but I'm, I'm just not there. Do you get a lot of those folks? Well, I mean, as salespeople, well, I mean, like salespeople that like want to be better, not like not like the season, you know, old grizzled, like, Back in my day, I had a list on a notepad, you know, CRM. What's that? Sean, I'm, I'm really sad to say very, very, very few salespeople will pay for their own training. They always expect their company to do it. I was different. I signed up on Sandler. I didn't even tell my company I was doing it. And, and I paid for it on my own. I didn't ask for reimbursement because it was mine. I didn't want that's them why to you were number one. Well, that's why you were number one. But it's rare it's very, very rare for a salesperson to fall off and say, hey, I want to do this on my own. It, it's hap it happens. But most of my clients are either individual service providers, business owners, entrepreneurs who know that they have to wear a, a chief sales officer hat in addition to everything else they're doing. So they make great clients because they have skin in the game. They pay for their own training. People like that are always trainable. When I get a corporate client, if I have 10 people, probably two or three of them will not benefit from the program. I'm just being truthful about it. They have a chip on their shoulder. They don't want to be there. Uh, they think they know it all. So about 28%, two out of three people out of 10, just don't get it. And, and what I do with the company is I say, we're going to take, because I, I have a system to onboard clients in a stepwise process. I said, we're going to take your best people first because they're the ones that are going to give you your return on investment. And we'll talk about, we're going to take your top top third people, the middle third, and we'll discuss what to do with the bottom people if we need to replace them or why we're keeping them. So I have, I have assessments and metrics that we actually run with people. And we could show, show you who's trainable. We call it pain on paper. I'll show you the data. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a document that will have all your salespeople. And these are the three that are going to benefit the most right now. Not your weakest people, your strongest people, because strong people yes. will get better. Yeah. And most companies will tell you, well, I'm not sending Joe, Sue, Bob, and Jane, my four best salespeople, because they already know what they're doing. Let me send you the four that when they smile, their heart slows down because it's too much activity for their brain all at once. Right. And all they do is spend their day on their cell phone. Out here, folks, guess what? I'm gonna I'm going to give you this. Scott, back me up. You don't have to back me up. Jesus took 12 apostles. Yep. He found the 12 strongest personalities he could. And we all know what happened from there. Train your best people. Get the buy-in from everyone that looks up to, that they all look up to. 
done. The rest will listen. What do you right. think? Yep. So my my process is with the larger company, we onboard them one step at a time. It takes about a three month process to onboard oh, wow. everybody, and then but we take the top people first. And the other thing, I never work with a client if management's not involved ever. I've been burned too many times because if the sales leaders are not active, here's what happens. About four to six months into the program where the salespeople are about to transform, they get very scared. And they will start to say things like, oh, those Sandler guys don't know our business. Well, they talked uh, about, or, or it doesn't work in our industry. They come up, they start to make excuses. So if the sales leaders are not involved, they, they're not going to back up what we're doing and the program just crumbles. And I hate, so I, I, that's one of my qualifiers. The people you're going to send are going to notice if you're in the program or not. And I say it this way, you can't teach religion to the family by dropping the kids off at church while you and mom go get a bloody Mary at the sports bar. <laughs> mom and dad, mom and dad got to go too, right? Right. You like that? This is absolutely the truth. You got to so, drink the freaking Kool-Aid. Because I'm um, so, going to be telling your salespeople some stuff that's different than you're telling. You got to back me up. This is so transformational now, training. It really is transformational. Now, is that the first? So when you do a corporate, is is Matt and folks? We're getting real close to closing the bar up. So if if you're hanging with us again, Scott Bailey at Sandler.com, Sandler Training Systems. If he's if his isn't if you're not in the California area, you can still reach out to Scott. There's also Sandler Systems all over. I, I know we have one here in the capital region where I'm at, out in Albany, New York. But um, is, now when you say you need management's buy-in, do you train them first? Is that like, hey, our first class will be of management? They have to be in the first group. They don't have to be alone, but they have to okay. be in the first group. You know, they have to be a chapter ahead of everybody else. I tell them that. And they get it. They understand. They're the ones that are make calling sense. And we actually have a new program that we had in beta all last year, which is really what called Sales Leader Growth Series for sales leaders. And we deal with the issues of onboarding salespeople, hiring and firing and pipeline management and all those things, you know, dealing with blind spots, all those things that are concerns of management. And that meets twice a month. And that's, that's a fantastic program. As far as I know, we're the only training company on the planet that offers anything like that. So we got a place for the salespeople to go. We got a place for the leadership to go as 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 they grow with it. And, now, I've um, never heard of such a thing. Now, when you say blind spots, what's some examples of the blind spots you train to? Oh, I don't need training, or our business is different. Um, just you know, anything. My blind spot was I was selling a product. That was so arcane. Remember, I sold artificial kidneys. You cannot tell me a more arcane, weird niche than that. Right. And we had blind spots. We had blind spots about how our into how we had to talk to people. We're talking to physicians here, nephrologists, and we had this tunnel vision. And when I got when I got involved with with Sandler training in, in the mastery classes, I was with all kinds of different salespeople selling many different things different from me. Nobody in the program was even selling medical products. And I was learning all these different tactics and techniques people were learning and using, and it was working in their business. And I was offering up stuff uh, that was working for me. So it becomes this tremendous mastermind. You don't know what you don't know, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Right. So now, now that's a, you, I'm telling you, Scott, I could talk sales. Oh, I, I, this is, this is my drug. 
Uh, this is my drug of choice is sales. Well, have me back. I got lots of thousands of hours of content. Well, well, it's one of those things. Like I always, you know, tell folks, even how we all get into it is different. You know, I, I always tell folks getting into sales for me was, I, I mentioned my dad, my dad was always, you know, the consummate salesperson. He there's, you know, even to the, my dad was so good at sales. I'll tell you a funny real quick, Scott, before because we're getting close here and I want to talk more. But my dad, if you ever stole a sale from my father, he wouldn't allow you to sell anymore. And that doesn't mean that my dad would bully, would be like, you would like scratch your name off of a list. My dad was so good at what he did that if he would talk to you and you said, hey, you know what, Dan, I'll, I'll be back tomorrow to buy the washer and dryer. I got to get the money for it. And he wasn't at work and he's. And then it always happened to him like a month or two later, the person would be in the store and go, Hey man, I love that machine. Thank you so much. And my dad would go back and go, Hey, I'm glad you really enjoyed it and look to see who closed his sale in the machine. And he would find out who it was. And he would tell, he would then at that point tell you you're done selling. And my father would take your sales from you. Physically, you would be talking to someone and my father would walk right into the conversation and walk them right away from you. He just had this way about him. And then you had to apologize. So I watched, I knew this of my dad and I tell that story because you had to apologize to my father and then he would let you make money again to the point that people would go and like complain to management what he was doing and management would go, well, what did you do to him? I I didn't do nothing. That's not him. He'll train anybody. What did you do? Well, this happened. Did you say you're sorry? Well, why should I? Okay, I can't do nothing until you say you're sorry. And they would have to go say they're sorry. That was my dad. But I bring that up because I watched that as a kid and I knew this of my dad. So I wanted to be that guy. I still to this day, I, I think I'm really well, good at what I do, I'll but I'll never you, be that guy. You're one in a thousand. You go ask, you know, a thousand little boys or girls that are seven years old what they want to be when they grow up. And I bet maybe one might say salesperson. <laughs> well, that's my seriously. Like, but, but I mean, selling's a default career. I didn't plan on being in sales. It's a default career. I wanted to be an eye doctor you really or a pilot. A default, a default career? God. Well, I you're different. It. You were raised in a home by a salesperson. And you oh, saw how it, you know, the benefits of that. I, I woke up one, one I, I remember when I, my grandmother, she says, no, now that you're graduating college and you're not going to optometry school, what are you thinking of doing? I said, well, I'm thinking about getting into sales. I thought she was going to have a heart attack. We didn't crazy? send you to we didn't send you to college to be a salesman, right? She was not happy with it, right? But I liked it because I was always very motivated, and I knew that if I had passion about the products and service that I'm selling, that I could do it. And I I don't and I I like the accountability of it, and you basically make whatever you want in sales. Very few careers allow us to do that. Isn't that amazing? You you yeah. you nailed it. Say it again. You make whatever you want, right, Scott? You you you, you choose your pay. Choose your pay. And, now you I will tell you, it. some companies try to nowadays they try to salespeople have gotten so good at that that companies nowadays will try to be like, oh well, we're gonna cap your commissions or we're gonna terrible idea. Run from that company. If your company caps your commission, run from them today, because. That's called stealing from you. That's stealing your money. And you wouldn't let you wouldn't let the person sitting next to you do it. Don't let your company do it. Right. Sales are very unique. You, you basically are in business by yourself without 
being by yourself because yeah. you have a company behind you that's producing products and you know all the benefits of that but you really have to take ownership like a business owner and make investment decisions about your own personal growth and and that kind of thing and if you're not happy with what the company is providing you there's companies like cars that will work with you and that's you come amazing. in and do the hard work right well you're doing the heavy lifting of of somebody who can see what it is and folks you know what most salespeople and i don't know if you use this term or not scott I, I don't know if i coined it i don't know if i heard it somewhere i, I always referred to salespeople as entrepreneurs we're entrepreneurs yeah. We, we build our brand within another company so that when we walk away, you probably will walk away and there's going to be at least if you're good at what you do, there's going to be a handful of clients that never do business with that company again because exactly. you're not there. Exactly. People and buy from people, not companies. That's it. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's, it's in the it's in how we structure things. It's how we we put things together. So. You said the next class is next week, correct? Now is that Wednesday standard Thursday. or is that just is that just your your Sandler system? We're talking about the boot camps. This is elementary right. Sandler is right. always the always the last Wednesday, Thursday of the month, which is next week, except for November because of Thanksgiving. And we do one in early December. We have three left this year, three boot camps left. Next week, the end of October and the beginning of December, and then we have a full menu of these for 2024, starting in late, late January. That's how we onboard new clients. These are public training sessions held in my office. I'm at the campus of UC Irvine, just, just, I don't know if you know Southern California, but that's where my location is. Okay. I have uh, training centers. I can hold, uh, you know, up to 20 people, 24 people kind of thing. It's a classroom arrangement, whiteboards. I'm old school, no, no PowerPoints. Right. We're actually working together. I'm drawing on the board. I'm talking to you. We're interacting. <laughs> it's two days of training, not PowerPoint. PowerPoint's like not it. for training. Yeah. Right. Now, we didn't bring this up, and I, I don't know how you feel about it, but I, I know I feel pretty good about it. Cost? $24.95 a seat. Like two, $2,500, yeah. Okay, twenty so $2,500 a seat. But that's... That's not just, is that just the two days or is that the whole follow on and everything? We recommend, well, we, we require the two day, that's how we onboard new clients. Six months of training, including the two day boot camp, is $6,490, $6,500, including the boot camp, which is a lot of people come in and just test the boot camp to see what they're getting into. Because Sandler's very, it's, it's hard to explain. So I say, why don't you come to the boot camp? and see what you're getting yourself into. But you're going to need, my, my average client sticks around 18 to 24 months, just so you know. Well, six months is just the first cycle through. You're becoming conversational with Sandler. If you want to become fluent in Sandler, you got to stick around for a long time. I've had clients stick around for 20 years. Wow. Because they want to own the system. And they know if they stop coming, they forget it. If you stopped speaking Italian, you'd forget it. It's no different. It's the same exact path. It's a, it's a language. And it's a language that will make you a heck of a lot of money if you'll embrace it and do it and work on it and learn the behaviors, the techniques, and the attitudes. We call that the success triangle, by the way, behaviors, attitudes, and techniques of the Sandler Selling System and personal growth. And through this process of becoming a better salesperson, you, you transform yourself as well. And I, I'm 
happy to say I got lots of stories of people say, man, you changed my life, changed my life. Not only am I, have I risen to the top of my sales career, but man, my, my life is so much better because I applied so much of the system to how I talk to my family and friends. It's, it's a, it's a life change. No, nobody can do that. But us, I don't, I've never seen a company that does what we do. I, you got, look, you got my curiosity, but like I told you, I'm a sales junkie. I'm the guy who's, who's reading books like that. And it, you know, I, I probably got about, you know, 10 books that I've read over the last couple of years. Just what else is out there? Oh, go, this go, on, go on Amazon and order this book. It's okay, called you, you. It's called you can't teach a kid to ride a bike at a seminar. You okay? That's you a long ass. To, hold on, you, I gotta get a pen. <laughs> I gotta get a pen. I can't remember that one. All right, so it's called "You Can't." You can't teach a kid to ride a kid. bike at a seminar. To ride, and you you want to make sure it's it's um, the second version. The first version came out in, in 1995. David Sandler wrote that book, and it's the story of the Sandler selling system. Okay, you can't. I, you can't. It's on Amazon. You can't teach a kid to ride a bike at a seminar. All right. So I'm, I'm read. Uh, I'll admit that, I, and I've referenced it now for the third time. I'm doing. I'm reading Rich Dad Poor Dad. I refuse to read Rich Dad Poor Dad for the longest time because I felt like everybody had read it. So why do I need to? You're just going to tell me about it anyway. And I'm super happy with it. And I did pitch anything. That's my. Re so Scott, I'm going to read this one. You got to read pitch anything. Okay. Fair. I'm writing it down. Pitch anything. Because uh, that was a pretty, so my, my, my sales trainer, I told you the company I work with, but was Master Guns Gagnon, Ray Gagnon. He physically wrote the book on Marine Corps recruiting in 2001. He wrote the process. He put everything together. He's so, and when he calls you up one day and he goes, Murph, you need to read this book. And he knows how much I love sales. And he goes, you need to read this book. I was like, all right, I guess I'm reading this book. Do you know the author of Pitch Anything, or I just? Uh, yeah, give me half a half a heartbeat. We'll we'll just hum the uh, the the. Let's see if I can find it on my phone. Uh, yeah, it's uh. Ah, stop. Or Oren Claff, O R E N. Last name is K L A F F. Free advertisement for you. Claff. It's okay. Yep. Present. It's a an innovative method for presenting, persuading, and winning the deal. I'll get it. So you'll like that one. So well, look, folks, I mean, we're coming to the end here. We got to close the bar up. It's like 12 o'clock where, where Scott is. And it's like eight o'clock, nine o'clock. It's at six o'clock here. here. Six All right. I, I'm never good with East Coast and West Coast time. I'm three it's hours never, ahead of you. It, behind me. Uh, it never it never works out for me. But either way. But hey, look, if you like what Scott's got to say and you like the Sandler system and the idea of it again, Scott.Bailey at Sandler.com. It all is just, it's spelled exactly how it sounds. Scott with two T's, reach out to him, see what he's got. Maybe he's not in your area and he can direct you to another uh, Sandler system that's out there. I can't imagine that they're training any different. It's a process. I'm a process-driven person myself. I'm going to take a look at it yeah. in my area, see who's if, doing if it. You are, if you're in a different marketplace other than California, you want to talk to a Sandler. There may be multiple choices in that city, so you need to contact me so I could direct you to the best one there you go so reach out to scott.bailey at sandler.com see what he's got going on look folks if you're finding scott through me or me through scott 
take a moment, see the platforms we're on. I know Scott's on uh, LinkedIn. Give us a follow. Give us a share. For me, it's going on to Apple, whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Like, share, follow. It may sound cliche, but listen to me. It's how it's how this gets known about. It's how we get heard. It's how people find us. It's how people recognize what we've got going on in our processes. And we're sticking with this same exact thing, theme of sales and interacting with people. Uh, the gentleman next on next Wednesday, Mark Aloward. Mark has owned and sold two separate uh, staffing firms of his own. He's in the tech the tech side to it. Done over seventy five million in sales once his businesses were built. And listen to me, if you've never done uh, recruiting, it is a different, different animal. It is, uh, it's hard to explain until you've been into that world where you have to wake up at six o'clock in the morning to tell grown folk to go to work. It's a different world. So make sure you join us next next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, Mark, I, or Scott, I know you've listened to all 201 episodes. This is 202. So you've listened to all 201 episodes. You binge them all. You've, you've absorbed them. And don't log off on me after this. At the end of every episode, you know, we do the exact same thing. We always ask our guests what the final word is. So for us tonight, Scott, what is the final word? Work on your attitudes, how you're feeling about yourself, the marketplace. This is the motivation Work on your behaviors, what you're doing. So work on how you're feeling, what you're doing, and work on how you're doing it. So it's behaviors, attitudes, technique that we focus on over time that we change. Okay, not just one of those elements, all three of those elements. Again, behavior, attitude, technique, all three of those things is what we help you with. Alrighty, folks, be sure to push your stool in. This has been a Second Front podcast presentation found on Apple, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found.